0: "'I'm on the sun-deck. What do you want?' "'Mr. Archer's here, the man you sent the wire to. "'Tell him to come out, and bring me some more coffee.' "'You go out through the French windows,' the housekeeper said, and went away. "'Mrs. Sampson looked up from her book when I stepped out. "'She was half lying on a chaise longue with her back to the late morning sun, "'a towel draped over her body.' There was a wheelchair standing beside her, but she didn't look like an invalid. She was very lean and brown, tanned so dark that her flesh seemed hard. Her hair was bleached, curled tightly on her narrow head like blobs of whipped cream. Her age was as hard to tell as the age of a figure carved from mahogany. She dropped the book on her stomach and offered me her hand. "'I've heard about you. When Millicent Drew broke with Clyde, she said you were helpful.' She didn't exactly say how. It's a long story, I said, and a sordid one. Millicent and Clyde are dreadfully sordid, don't you think? These aesthetic men. I've always suspected his mistress wasn't a woman. I never think about my clients. With that I offered her my boyish grin, a little the worse for wear. Or talk about them, or talk about them even with my clients. Her voice was clear and fresh, but the sickness was there in her laugh, a little clatter of bitterness under the trill. I looked down into her eyes, the eyes of something frightened and sick hiding in the fine brown body. She lowered the lids. Sit down, Mr. Archer. You must be wondering why I sent for you. Or don't you wonder either. I sat on a deck chair beside the chaise. "'I wonder. I even conjecture. Most of my work is divorce. I'm a jackal, you see. "'You slander yourself, Mr. Archer. And you don't talk like a detective, do you? "'I'm glad you mentioned divorce. I want to make it clear at the start that divorce "'is not what I want. I want my marriage to last. You see, I intend to outlive my husband.' "'I said nothing, waiting for more. When I looked more closely—' Her brown skin was slightly roughened, slightly withered. The sun was hammering her copper legs, hammering down on my head. Her toenails and her fingernails were painted the same blood color. It mayn't be survival of the fittest. You probably know I can't use my legs anymore, but I'm twenty years younger than he is, and I'm going to survive him. The bitterness had come through into her voice, buzzing like a wasp. She heard it and swallowed it at a gulp. "'It's like a furnace out here, isn't it? It's not fair that men should have to wear coats. Please take yours off.' "'No, thanks.' "'You're very gentlemanly. I'm wearing a shoulder holster. And still wondering. You mentioned Albert Graves in your telegram. "'He recommended you. He's one of Ralph's lawyers. You can talk to him after lunch about your pay.' "'He isn't D.A. any more?' not since the war. I did some work for him in forty and forty-one. I haven't seen him since. He told me. He told me you were good at finding people. She smiled a white smile, carnivorous and startling in her dark face. Are you good at finding people, Mr. Archer? Missing persons is better. Your husband's missing? Not missing, exactly. Just gone off by himself or in company— He'd be frantically angry if I went to the Missing Persons Bureau. "'I see. You want me to find him, if possible, and identify the company. And what then? Just tell me where he is and with whom. I'll do the rest myself.' "'Sick as I am,' said the little whining undertone, legless though I be. "'When did he go away?' "'Yesterday afternoon.' "'Where?' "'Los Angeles.' He was in Las Vegas. We have a desert place near there. But he flew to Los Angeles yesterday afternoon with Alan. Alan's his pilot. Ralph gave him the slip at the airport and went off by himself. Why? I suppose because he was drunk. Her red mouth curved contemptuously. Alan said he'd been drinking. You think he's gone off on a binge? Does he often? Not often, but totally. He loses his inhibitions when he drinks.